Hey everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. All right. Hopefully you had a blessed week on this past week. Pray you did. And uh, today is November 8th. Do you know whose birthday it is today? I don't know, but I'm guessing it's somebody's birthday. Yeah, so happy birthday to you out there. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Somebody. But today happy we're birthday. talking about children and speaking of children's and children and birthdays, our middle son just had a birthday on Thursday, so Happy belated birthday to him. Yes. Um, don't think he listens to our podcast. No. Boo to him. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but happy birthday to our Ant-Man, who we love ever so dearly. So, yeah. Anyway. And and we'll we'll get into this um, as we go throughout the podcast, but children and their personalities. Mm. And but. But we'll get that's I went way ahead in my notes. Um, we're still talking about children and marriage and how children will um, impact your marriage. And not to say in a negative way, it's just, uh, well, it can be a negative mm-hmm. if you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely changes the dynamic. Yes, of definitely. Your, of your marriage. Yeah. You will definitely need to make space for the children because by nature, they're just selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I didn't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I just meant babies, they cry, pick me up, feed me, change me, burp me. It's mm-hmm. me, 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 me. Give me, me, can yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. Can I? Yeah. It's always about me, me, and then you have to try to wean them out of that phase as they get older that life does not revolve around them um, and what they get. That's, that's as they get older. But when they're first born, obviously, you just have to understand what the crying means oh that colic anyway so um when we were in texas and when we were down there there was a gentleman there and um who had older kids and he made a famous statement that i still remember to this day famous to doug famous to me (laughs) it was famous to me because it was it was it was so true i don't know if it's in the bible but it's true and said, children, he said, children will make you go places you don't want to go, stay longer than you want to stay, and spend more than you want to spend. And as our children got older and started doing more things, whether school, church, whatever it may be, um, I realized that statement to be true. Um, Because I definitely went places I didn't want to go. And I definitely stayed longer than I wanted to stay. I can't think of, can't tell you how many track meets we were at outside in the weather. And, oh, my God. Um, and spend more than you want to spend. You know, you got to buy this, got to buy that, whether it's for school, need a trumpet or whatever it, whatever it may be. So, um, Bubba Young, give you a shout out down in Lancaster, Texas. I don't know if you still live there or not. But he definitely um, told us that when I was, when Dre was probably five, six, something like that. This was years ago. 
So um, one of the things I, I in my, my prayer time with the Lord, I was thinking, you know, what, what should we talk about? You know, and I, I wanted to talk to, I guess the Lord put on my heart to talk to um, the fathers. And one of the things when, again, I'm not saying I did everything right. I'm definitely not saying I did everything right when it comes to raising our sons. And I'm not saying my way was the only way or is the only way. There are many different ways to, as they say, skin a cat, raise children. <clears throat> but when the boys were younger, um, I would watch them uh, when you went out. Didn't, I'm not saying you went out to any, just going grocery out. Store yeah, grocery store. Yeah, grocery store. I would watch them. And it always struck me, and it struck me in a probably a negative way, that I hear mothers say their the child's father or their husband was home babysitting, babysitting the children. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not. I'm not babysitting. These are my sons. I'm I'm watching them just like you're watching them. If if I went out and you was home, I wouldn't say, "Oh, you home babysitting." Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, and so. Um, I watched them. I got up at night. I fed them. Again, we're talking infants, babies. And I changed their diapers. I learned how to change diapers. We got boys, so you got to be quick on the trigger. (laughs) (laughs) You learn, learn to be real quick after a couple of times of getting, uh, uh, on. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you learn to be real quick when you, yeah, when you got boys. So I, I mean, I did those things, and you know, we took shifts because we both worked, had to get up in the morning. There was some times where you like, well, I'm just going to gonna go to sleep, and you know, I was up with. Uh, by this time, it would probably be Aunt, and I was up with him. And that boy, he was going through his colic thing, mm. and he just wanted to cry, 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 no matter what we did. Um, same time, same time every night. Every night 10 he, p.m. He wanted to cry. It, it did not matter what we did or who did it. It was the same time every night until, and of course, we're dating ourselves now, until um, I guess I started playing Mario Brothers, or one of us started playing Mario Brothers. I started playing Mario Brothers. Yeah. And looked, and all of a sudden, he was asleep. We were yeah. like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Mario Brothers. So, <laughs> do, 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 do. yep. That every night at the same time, that little boy would cry. And so maybe mm-hmm. for for the new parents out there, you're going through um, that season right now. And <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you're going through that season right now. And it just seemed like my kids are always crying. Well, if and again, we have more information now at our fingertips than we did, you know, twenty something, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and so it, that's just colic. It's just part of them growing and uh, part of them maturing or whatever it is. But it happened every night, same time every night. Yes, he would just cry for weeks, and it was, and again, it was just Renee and I, just like it is right now, just the two of us, and um. We just had to make it work, but we took shifts because I didn't expect you to go to work, come home, take care of the kids, feed, 
um, cook, give them baths, you know, and do all the motherly stuff and then get up in in the middle of the night. That's that's not fair and that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I appreciate about you as a father is that you didn't just talk the talk. You walked the walk. You did change those diapers. You did get up in the middle of the night. You did all of the things um, that I did. And we learned together. Mm-hmm. And we did it together and we took turns and, you know, pretty sure we had some passionate discussions about who stayed up last night. I want to stay up tonight. I want no. I want to go to sleep tonight. I stayed up last night kind of thing. But it was never a debate about that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Renee, you're going to stay up. You're going to watch the kids. I'm the man of the house. That was that was never um, a discussion that we had. And I appreciate that. And I. Thank you. And I I think as long as I can remember, you always went to work before me. So I would usually take them to daycare. Mm-hmm. And I or, would pick them up. And you would pick them up. And so that that's just always, that was our routine. Again, you know, in speaking to, you know, in addressing the, the husbands and the fathers, you can't expect your your spouse um or your child's mother to do it all. That that's not fair on on to her. And on on the case the roles may be reversed. Or maybe, you know, the wife is expecting the husband to do it all now. And that's not fair. Either way, that there, there needs to be some balance because somebody's gonna get burnt out and they're gonna uh crack under the pressure of professional life. Uh, marital life, um, having children, the responsibilities of being a parent, and no one, especially if you're married, it. I don't think God would be pleased with the wife doing everything or the husband doing everything. There needs to be a balance because your children need both of you because at some point they're going to play both of you off each other. Yeah. That's That's just a given. So, um, and going back to the communication, if somebody is feeling overwhelmed or overburdened or feel like the um, they're not balanced, have a conversation mm-hmm. and tell your spouse, honestly, you know, I could really use your help or I'd really appreciate your help doing X, Y, Z. Um, you know, can you stay up on these nights? Can we look at our schedules and determine um, what's a good time? Maybe, one parent uh, could do the weekends and the other parent could do, you know, Monday through Thursday, you know, whatever the case yeah, whatever. may be, yeah. you all need to have that conversation. And I think it, it would behoove because most guys, we don't have that. Well, we're not maternal, but we most of, okay, let me back up. Generally speaking, girls play with dolls and they're like, Oh, you know, comb your hair and they take care of the little doll, you know, then they have the little playhouse and, you know, we're going to get married and so on and so forth. Again, I'm generalizing, but girls will do that more than guys. It's not, I don't know too many boys who grew up, you know, playing with dolls and like, Oh, I'm going to get married and have a baby and so on and so forth. I don't, I don't know too many boys who did that. So then when the wife 
uh, the mom, you know, she has the baby. She has that maternal instinct. Mm -hmm. Guys, we need somebody to help us. We need for the, for the, for, in my case, I need it for you to help me say, okay, this is what you need to do. You hold the baby this way. You know, you got to burp him after you, after you feed him. And, you know, if he's crying, he probably needs his pamper changed or, you know, things that we, we don't have that, that, that maternal instinct that we just don't. And so I think for the, for the wife, you need to spend time and literally train if, if it doesn't come natural to your husband, train him on, okay, how to, how to change the pamper. How, how do you wipe and, you know, wipe girls and things like that. So that way is there should be no, no reason, no excuse why the husband isn't pulling his weight when it comes to helping rear. And again, we just talking about babies right now, helping rear the helping take care of the babies. Yeah. There's, there's no reason why, but we don't have that um, innate ability. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the right word, but we don't have that maternal instinct. And again, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but I think it would help if the wives would help the husbands to do, to be there. If does that make sense? It makes sense. And I mean, I dare say some gentlemen may know how to do those things and they may need to help the wife. Yeah. So we don't want to come to any conclusions or assumptions or stereotypes mm-hmm. that the woman um, is the one who knows how to do all these things. Because in some instances, in some homes, the male may have grew up with a bunch of sisters, baby sisters around women who taught him how to do those things. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had a niece or a nephew that they helped babysit. So um, it goes two ways. I think the woman as well, again, goes back to communicating and identifying and praying and seeing where you guys can help one another out so that you have the support from one another. And gotcha. in some cases you're going to learn together Yeah, uh, because for new parents, some of those things aren't innate and some of those things, unfortunately are um, trial and error. Um, you're hopefully not error. <laughs> y'all know what, I, hopefully y'all know uh, what I mean. God bless but, the oldest but, child. But sometimes <laughs> you're figuring that out. You know, all the books in the world are not going to teach you how to um, take care of every different type of, child you Mm -hmm. know some child are special needs Uh, some children uh, are just colicky like Anthony was you know we did everything that all the books said to do with him you know we burped him we bathed him we changed him we fed him we knew he wasn't hungry we knew he wasn't gassy we knew he was clean we knew his diaper was changed and we still couldn't figure it out and he wanted to be lulled to sleep basically Mm mm-hmm um, by a certain sound yeah. and Mario Music. brothers provided yeah. that sound. We was like, we don't know what else to do. So we done rocked you. We held you. Doug was excellent about pacing the floor with him. I could hear him <laughs> from upstairs pacing the floor. And Anthony uh, was still screaming to the top of his lungs. And then finally oh, one night I'm playing Mario brothers and I looked and that little booger was asleep. I said, Oh my goodness. And I told Doug and every night we had to play that, to put him to sleep. Yeah. Um, but again, no book taught us that. That was something that we figured out 
and we didn't have that issue with our other two children. So it's definitely going to be some things you're going to have to talk about and pray about and, and try because not everything is in a, in a book. Yeah. And I remember um, when you said pace and flow with aunt, I remember I would talk to him. I'm like, don't you, don't you want daddy to go to sleep? (laughs) Daddy wants to go to sleep. (laughs) And his eyes would be wide open. <laughs> like, I don't care if you right, go to like sleep. I don't <laughs> I cannot comprehend what you were saying to me. Oh my goodness, that little dude. But and again, this this all and, and another reason, gentlemen, that you know, I implore you to take a part in or take part in this in the raising of your children is that you'll have memories. You'll, you know. And your wife can't have all the memories of, oh, she got up and she, you know, burped them and fed them. Then you need to have some memories, too, of, hey, I got up with you. Because at some point in time, your children will have children. And you and, know what? Now that you're saying that, that also gives them an opportunity to bond. Yeah. The males get the bond because mm-hmm. the woman carries the child for nine months. That bonding started yeah, long before y'all got a nine month head start. Right before the father did, so it's yeah. an opportunity to bond as well. Yeah, we can rub your belly, but there's there's no bonding. There's no right. <laughs> there's no bonding during that time. But I I I just remember that. So again, I just encourage you, and then you know, to China. So each each child, in addition, and again, not I guess we we'll talk about Aunt for right now. Each child will have their own personality. And I wish someone would have told me this when our children were younger. And which they show you when they're young. Mm-hmm. Your child, your child is showing you their personality when they're young. I'm talking two, three, when you mm-hmm. tell them to go clean up their room. Now that that'll be a telltale sign. Some children will go clean the room. Uh-huh. Some will put away one or two toys, like, oh, it's clean. Right. That's your child's personality. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they are. They're going to be like, oh, it's clean. They're going to look at the room like, oh, it's clean. So even as they get older, um, they're going to, I don't want to say, I don't want to say they're going to be messy. I don't want to use that word. But your idea of something being clean and their idea of something being clean is going to be two different things. Mm-hmm. And so if someone would have if I would have known this information when you know Dre was growing up, who's our oldest, I could have adjusted my parenting style to his personality. And I think and and that was probably the biggest miss in me being a father was not adjusting my personality to Dre. Right, right. We expect our kids to conform to to us yeah. instead of trying to merge the two. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not lose ourselves yeah. in our children, but at the same time, allow them to the space mm-hmm. to be who they are yeah. as we're molding and shaping them. Yeah. And and I don't I don't want people to 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 hear us and get mistaken. The rules of your house are still the rules of your house. Mm-hmm. But you can parent your child to meet those rules in a different way. And you really won't know this until you have more than one child in your house. Right. You know, because one, what worked for one child may not work for the other. And so um, I'm not telling you to change your rules or, you know, 
be respectful and things like that. But I'm just saying you may have to adjust your parenting style based on their personality. And again, I, I come back to God blesses the oldest child. Now I see why in the Bible, the oldest child got double blessing because <laughs> the parents was just trying to figure it out. It's like, we don't know. And so, <laughs> Is that why they got the double blessing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that, that's Doug's explanation. That's why the oldest child got the double blessing because the parents are just trying to figure it out. But, you know, your your child has, you know, their unique personality and sometimes they may be just like you or sometimes they may be like your spouse or um, maybe your uncle or aunt and you start seeing traits in them. I'm always amazed how I see um, character traits of my sisters or my brother in my children. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me, that that's that's always a weird thing. Or to, relatives that they've never even never met. Never met. Never met. Like, yeah. Wait a minute. You have mannerisms like aunt so-and-so yeah. or uncle so-and-so. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's interesting, but um, again, just encourage you, please um, don't, everything can't be on a scale of one to 10 um, with 10 being um, the, highest. the highest. Everything can't be a 10 with your child. Right. You got got to pick and choose your battles. They're going to be with you for 18, 20 something years, depending if they stay in the house when they go to school. Everything can't be a 10. So you got to pick and choose. And again, I understand you have rules in your house and the rules are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. But it's not that people are breaking rules. I think it's that they have to adjust their style. Mm hmm. From one child to the next, like you said, with the the rules still being the foundation, yeah, that's still set in place. But your approach to those rules may vary how you communicate it from one child to the other, mm-hmm. because they're going to receive information differently. They're yeah. going to learn differently. So you have to approach with the different personalities. Yeah, I mean, again, we're we're no uh, experts in child psychology, if you will, but I think we have experience having raised three children and seeing three different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of Doug, some of me, some of had a combination of both of us and some had um, a little bit of other relatives. And we learned with our oldest son, some things that worked and some things that did not work. And then when our second son came along, we realized some of the things that worked for our oldest didn't work Mm -hmm. for him that we could not do because of his personality. And so we had to adjust accordingly, but that took some time for us to learn. So hopefully we're helping somebody out there who's just starting out or have younger children that um, can hear this and say, hmm. I never thought about that and maybe pray about it or uh, just have a conversation with your spouse and obviously uh, not obviously, but definitely have a conversation with God about it as well as to how to approach each child, how to raise each child, how to speak and go about um, what's the word I'm looking for not not punishment, but um, discipline, disciplining mm-hmm. uh, each child, because that's going to vary as well. And 
you know, for our for our house, for our oldest child, for him, experience was the best teacher for him. He he had to experience it. I yes. could I could tell him something. His, you could tell him something, but he had to experience it. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to learn on his yeah. own. He had to either bump his head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we couldn't say, don't touch it. It's hot. It wasn't like, oh, it's hot. He was the one like, hmm, I'm going to find out it's hot on my own. Let me burn my hand. Um, let me bump my head. I'm going to jump off this couch anyway. I'm going to do this X, Y, Z. And yes. Yeah. And that's how he learned. But aunt, middle child, I could tell him, aunt, don't do it. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't do it. He would just take my word for it. And even to this day, that that's why I'm saying like, I'm not saying aunt, our middle son, who's 28, does everything, you know, that I tell him to do. That's not what I'm saying. He lives his life. Lord knows he lives his life. But what I am saying is, even as when he was younger, he would just say, well, daddy said, you know, not mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. And so he just took my, took it at my word. So even as he got older, he was still, when he went in the Navy, you know, I gave him advice about, because I was in the Navy, dude, you know, you might want to look into this or look into that. He took my advice. He was like, well, my dad said this. It was good enough for my dad. He just took me at my word. And mm-hmm. so, whereas Dre, who's the oldest, he had to be experienced. Yes. You know, I got to figure this out for myself. Yeah. Okay. You know, right. I, exactly. I get it. You know, it took it took me as a parent, oh, I don't know how many years, decades to understand with, with our oldest that that's, that was his personality and to come to grips with, I pray, I'll pray for you. I'll do what I need to do, you know, but ultimately you're going to make your own decision and I'll, I'll be here. I'll be praying for you. I love you. I'll never stop loving you, but you know, I can't change what you want to do because you have your own free will. Once you walk out of our house. Yeah. Once your children are grown, then yeah. you've planted the seeds and all you could do is just hope, you know, that those seeds will, you know, bring back a harvest that they mm-hmm. will, you know, take to heart what they've been taught and, and do right by it. But once they're grown, you have to let them spread their wings and bump their head in some yeah. cases and um, find success. Or failure. Or failure. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's not even once they're grown. It's maybe once they hit that middle school age mm-hmm. and the peer pressure starts, you know, really getting impacting them. When, they, when they're when in elementary school, you can kind of, you know, hey, stop doing that. You know, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. But when they hit middle school and they have a little bit more freedom, you know, and they're being exposed, especially nowadays. Oh, my God. Children are being exposed to a whole lot. You know, your right. your I don't want to say your authority, but your your what's the word I'm looking for? Influence over them. I'm gonna say it, it decreases, but they have so they're being bombarded with so many different things mm-hmm. and from different avenues that, you know, they may depend on your child's personality. And I hate to say this, but every child is not a leader. Some children are followers. And so you have to instill in your child, you're a leader. You're a leader. You have to lead, you know, you're a leader. People are going to look up to you and lead, lead, lead. And that's something we always told our sons was you're a leader. People are going to follow you, you know, and and they do. 
And so we would tell them, don't follow the crowd. Don't do what you see everybody else doing. So awkward pause. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So um, these are just some of the tips that we learned. And and I over 30 plus years of, you know, raising children and like and I I put down on my notes that for our oldest child, when he was a baby, he got a crib, and <laughs> and he, he used to tear that crib up. But he got a crib, <laughs> and then yeah, because you know when you have that first child, you're like, oh, they get everything. Yeah. They get a, you know, got all the the swing this and yeah. the rocking chair this. You and, you do it up for the first one if you can. You know, you make sure they they get everything. You know, the books say this and that and the other. And then the second child, it's like, okay, depending on when you have the second child, it may be hand-me-downs from the first child. Mm-hmm. Or maybe hand-me-downs from somebody. They may mm-hmm. just bless you because they had a child and their child outgrew whatever it is. And I don't know if Aunt had a crib or not. I'm trying to think. But I know Drew did not have a crib. Mm-mm. He had a bassinet, and then he went right into the bed. The bed. Yep. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> by the time we got to the third kid, third child, there was no crib. It was just like, we're going to drop his mattress on the floor, mm-hmm. put a little bumper mm-hmm. around the... Because it was a bunk bed. Yeah, it was so a bunk bed. it had bed. a frame. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Put a little bumper around the frame. That was his crib. And when Drew got sleepy, just go get in the bed. And he would go climb over climb the thing. Because they had the little yep. stairs. <laughs> climb over the thing and jump in the bed. He, he'd go to sleep. So, And then later on in life, he fell asleep on the stairs. And so it just... Yeah, you fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> yep. Your child will show you their personality when they're younger. So I said that to say when you when your child, the first child, you try to do all these things, and I'm not saying don't do them. And but just by the time you get the child three or four, if you so desire to have, you know, more than one child, you'll learn some shortcuts. You'll learn you don't necessarily need to do all of this or all of that. And, you know. The first child, the oldest child, when you leave the house for the first time and they're in charge, you give them all these rules and don't do this, don't do that. By the time Drew was old, old enough and we left the house, it's like, don't burn the house down. I just, when I come home, I just want to see a house. I, <laughs> I just want to see a house. So um, hopefully we gave you some tips on, you know, we try not to be too deep in all this and for this particular podcast, we just wanted to um, encourage you. And one of the things um, that I learned, one of the hardest lessons for me as a father was for me to tell my sons, don't do as I say, do as I do. Whatever you see me do, you you do. Not, not, what, not what you hear me say, but what you see me do. Yeah, because the reality of it is... Children mimic what they mm-hmm. see, uh, which is why the kids today have it so difficult because now they have so many more images, yeah. social media, um, things on TV are more out in the open than when we were raising our children. But the reality of it is you have to set an example for your children. You tell them, but you also should live it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be saying one thing and doing another thing. Don't smoke, but you're smoking. Yeah. Don't drink, but you're drinking. Don't cuss, but you're cussing. Um, so you have to be 
the the best example that you know how to be before your children and what you're trying to teach them. And I think one of the greatest examples as your children get older that you that you'll see is if and when you teach your child how to drive. Because they will do what they see, what they've seen you do when it comes to driving. Yes, Lord. Not- <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> they will mimic what they've seen you do over the years. So if you're behind the wheel and you're fussing and calling people names and doing all sorts of things, when you teach them how to drive, they're going to they're going to emulate they're going to do what they've seen you do. And so, you know, in our house, I taught the, I taught them how to drive cuz I have the patience. I have the personality. Mm-hmm. I I was just like, okay, you know. Yeah, cuz I think I started with our oldest one and I was like, "Lord, I can't do this." <laughs> no. Nope. I think I spent a little bit of time with Anthony. Um, I dare say, because he's picked up some of my impatience when it comes to driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Drew was all you. Yeah. And he was an excellent driver. Yeah. He really was. And again, this comes back to by the time you get to the third or second or third child, you should have learned some things as a parent. You have to adjust. You have to make concessions for their personality. Mm-hmm. And it, that's just wisdom. That's maturity. That's it's not my house and you're going to do it the way I said, do it because that's why I did it. Because a lot of what we're doing as parents, we've learned from our parents and. And some things we need to unlearn. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that what they taught us was right, was right or right for our children. And again, it comes back to personality. They may have, um, they may not have the knowledge you know, I'm not, again, I'm not knocking the previous generation, but I know there's information they may not have been aware of. And so um, you and just got change. Yeah, things have changed. You you don't want to raise your child, you know, in the 21st century using 20th century rules or figures or things like that because mm-hmm. you won't be effective. And so I don't I don't want to. Um, I just want to give our parents um, something they can chew on for the week. We. We. Mm-hmm. Okay. We. We. We, we would like to okay. give you. We would like to give you all something that, you know, you can let it marinate throughout the week. And hopefully we said something that will be a blessing to you throughout Absolutely. the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey of raising children. Mm-hmm. It is something that you should cherish. Don't rush for them to get out <laughs> and be 18 years old. Um, enjoy it because time flies by fast, just like this podcast did. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.